Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Okay, cosa succede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. We have a brilliant episode for you today with an incredibly talented guest, professional golfer from Canada, Rebecca Lee Bentham joins the show. Rebecca started playing golf at the age of 12, and she credits her father as the person who most influenced her game. As an amateur, she won the Toronto District High School Championship and was a member of the Canadian national team. And earlier this year, she qualified for her third U.S. Women's Open while surviving a two-for-one playoff. Rebecca stopped by to chat during her busy season with the Symmetra Tour. And we had a great conversation for today's episode. We talked a little about many different topics across the spectrum. On today's show, Rebecca reflects on the importance of growing the women's game and why being an inspiration to other female athletes is something that makes her proud. Rebecca also looks back at the U.S. Open experience this year, and she shares with us her unique strategy when it comes to practice rounds. And I love how she took the opportunity to be around some of the greatest in the game. Rebecca and I also chat about her domestic and international traveling. We chat about her, her recent time in Dubai. And also she shares with us the unique and admirable way she passes the time while driving. And that is learning a new language. Something that I think is just fantastic. Had a lot of fun chatting with Rebecca. She's not just a successful golfer, but is a role model inspiration for many. She is someone who loves giving back to the game and even spent a few years as a coach and a trainer to help others find love for the sport. I think you're going to love her. So let's go ahead and bring on professional golfer Rebecca Lee Bentham. And let's learn. Well, you began golf at an early age. So what do you remember about those early years on the course? Yeah, I started at the age of 12. And then my dad got me into it and just started off by hitting balls on the range for like a good year or so until I actually stepped onto a golf course. And um, I think it was more strategic for my dad to do that because he didn't want to waste money for me to just kind of hit it all over the place. He wanted to make sure I was kind of focused. This is what I want to do and then kind of invest more as I go. When did it turn from something I've just kind of maybe doing for fun into something that, hold on, I'm, 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 I'm kind of good at this and I might have a career? I think ever since day one, because I feel like um, golf was always on TV in the living room. And so um, my dad always watched it, therefore it was always on. So I ended up watching it and seeing um, kind of the stars on the LPGA Tour, PGA Tour is what kind of inspired me to want to go all in at a young age. Um, so from day one, I was just like, oh, cool. Like I want to be on TV one day playing golf. Very cool. So who were some of the athletes on the LPGA Tour that you looked up to? So at the time, I think the big names were like Lorena Ochoa, Annika Sorenstam, um, Grace Park, and Sari Pack. And then Michelle Wee was like the upcoming young star. Um, and then watching like the U.S. Junior Girls Championship, that was something that really inspired me, seeing girls kind of my age. Um, Jenny Shin and Vicky Hurst were in the finals of the U.S. Junior Girls. And... Jenny Shin, I think, was the same age as me. And to watch them play was, I think, one of the most memorable moments. For me, it was always Annika. She seemed like she was dominating left and right all the time and went to school in Arizona as well. So I always had an appreciation for her. Professionally, you stepped away from competition before recently returning from retirement. So how did that time away rejuvenate your mind, refresh your body? And what were some of the vital lessons that you learned uh, from that time off? Uh, for me, I think 
it got too repetitive for me um, out on tour. And then it kind of made me lose the joy in the game. It was more like get up, hit balls, you know, do the same routine. Um, and then stepping away and going into coaching kind of gave my body a little break because I did go through some injuries. Um, and then it was more mental, kind of giving myself like a refresh button, um, seeing it from different perspectives, working with kids, seeing them enjoy the game again, helped me see it from that perspective that golf is a game and it's meant to be enjoyed. So then what do you do as a coach? Because I know individual sport athletes have a tendency to burn out because it is repetitious. So for you, when you were coaching, how did you make sure that the young athletes you worked with were not getting burned out and that they were having fun? Yeah, so there is an aspect where you do have to put in the repetitions day in, day out. Um, but at the same time, you got to balance that out with making it a game. So focusing on targets. Um, at the end of the day, it, there's no pictures on a scorecard. So it's uh, grinding it out for the score, um, being able to know how to shape shots and have that feeling aspect in your game instead of trying to be a robot. Because that's kind of what I did, I feel like, growing up. And it can get really stressful. Your expectations get too high when you're trying to be a robot. Um, and that's not as fun as trying to feel different shots and be creative out on the golf course. Yeah. So how are you different as a golfer now than you were perhaps five years ago? Um, I think it's just being more grateful for the opportunity to just be out on a golf course. I think that I took that for granted before. felt like it was more like a job. And now when I step on a golf course, I remember, like, I realized that people pay to play this as a game, to enjoy their day, to be outdoors, to get exercise, to, you know, challenge themselves. And if I take that mentality for myself and just try to learn every day, whether it's a good round, a bad round, it becomes more fun for me um, because I do love learning. We mentioned a good round or bad round. I'm always curious with golfers how they move past that, whether it is a good round, a good, a bad round, a good shot, a bad shot, bad lie, whatever it may be. How do you just focus on the next swing at hand? Yeah, I think it's realized like managing expectations that everybody is going to hit a bad shot no matter what. And um, I think over time it, you mature from it. And so you learn why you hit that bad shot um and it takes time because you have to hit that multiple times feel it and then correct it whether it's with a coach or um you finding out with your own feelings and stuff like that and then putting that in your memory bank to improve next time and and fix it faster than you would have before i think that's like the important part of the game is uh minimizing your mistakes and not letting it linger on and on and on yeah so how's recovery now for you what's your philosophy on both physical recovery after a tournament but also your mental recovery to relax i feel like mentally i'm really good now at letting go of bad rounds whereas before i definitely let it linger um and it's easy to just be in that depressed uh state when you hit a bad shot or a bad round and letting it almost define who you are but now i'm really good at just saying you know it's another round i've played i don't know hundreds of thousands of rounds it's just another round and once it's over, I just focus on the next one saying it's a brand new opportunity. That's like the beauty of the game, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think golf is just interesting in that aspect that no matter how many bad shots you play in one round, you restart the next round with like, you're even. So that's the crazy part. Yeah, you've had many successful finishes throughout your career. So is there an event or a round that you're the most proud of? Um, there's definitely highlights in my career. I mean, 
as an amateur winning the Canadian Junior and then the Canadian M back to back years was pretty, I think, uh, memorable for me. Um, and then as a pro, I think most surprisingly for me is actually missing the cut at a men's event because I was so close. So at the McKenzie Tour event back in 2019, I got a sponsor ex- exemption as the only female. And I thought that was just really cool that they had that opportunity for me. And to come one shot from making the cut at a men's event was is better than I expected, to be honest. And to shoot under par at a course that was over 7,000 yards was cool. Difficult year for athletes. How did you handle and adapt being with all the, the shutdowns and cancellations, the uncertainty? How'd you handle the last 12 months? So the last 12 months, I just tried to make the most of it. Uh, and, like the traveling was definitely tough, but um, I tried to go to places where we didn't have to quarantine for 14 days, where the cases were a little less than others. So I did go to Dubai. Um, the cases were less and the weather was actually perfect for golfing. So I was able to play every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really cool experience because um, I've never been before. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't think so if there was no COVID, I don't think I've ever would have went to Dubai. So that actually worked out in my favor. And um, but then most of the summer I did spend back at home and I got to spend a lot of time with my family, which was also something I wouldn't have gotten to do without COVID. So I'm actually pretty grateful for how everything worked out. Yeah. What month were you in Dubai? I went December and January, so I was there for two months. Ah, we overlapped, and I was there early December. You said it was the first time you went there, so I know you probably got to explore a little bit around the the city. So what were some of your highlights and memories that you have from your time in Dubai? The people that I met there, definitely. Made some really good friends, like Mm -hmm. lifelong friends who um, also love the game. And with them, like being there, I got to play so many different courses that I didn't think I would be able to play or get on. So yeah. all that put together made it like a really memorable experience, like once in a lifetime experience for me. I found in my time in Dubai that everyone I met was from somewhere else. Every time you yeah. turned around and met someone, they were from a different country. Because of that, the food experience was great. It was interesting. Like the very beginning, uh, people told me that Dubai was very expensive when it comes to food. And so I was like a little bit worried. But if you actually explore, the food is really cheap, actually, in certain areas. Um, things like good, really good Indian food and Mediterranean, Mediterranean food and stuff like that was really good. Um, you can get like a shawarma for like two, three dollars. I was like, that's super cheap. And so that was cool. And then uh, there was a family that kind of adopted me in and I stayed with them for a good month. And they cooked home cooked meals. So it was a really good balance because eating out can get really tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get to the mall, the world's largest mall? Yeah. So I checked out a couple of the malls. Um, The fountain, that musical fountain thing was really cool. Everything there is just like bigger and better. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. Everything is. You mentioned that a lot of things were good that worked out because of the pandemic. So what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year? I think just not taking things for granted and making the most of what you have because in any situation you can look at the negative and feel like you don't have anything Um, but then you can look at what you do have and at the end of the day when you do look at the positives you're going to be happier and you end up having more opportunities come up I think. Yeah I know one thing you're passionate about is growing both women's golf and women's sports in general in what ways can we grow women's sports and women's golf? Yeah, so I think just there's a lot of ways and that is something that I'm passionate about. And I feel like 
with playing, I want to inspire more young girls to play. Um, and then when I was coaching, I wanted to help out more younger kids in that way. So it's kind of wherever I am, that is kind of like my goal, my foundation. And uh, I, I see women's golf growing because just played in the US Women's Open. And I feel like the hype around it, the media around it was bigger and better than previous times. Um, and just like the talk around it too, a lot of guys saying it was really fun to watch. They had the the AR like online uh, experience where you can watch players shot by shot, mm -hmm. all that, like it does make it a lot better for women's golf to grow. Um, but it's, yeah, it's all over. It's like the grassroots inspiring younger girls to play, getting that population up and then even older women to play, right? Not, um, not making it like just a men, old men's sport like it used to be, making it cool again and all that. So as a, like a female athlete, I feel like it's on my part to encourage other women to play too, you know? Well, I've got to ask about the Open because I know you qualified recently for it and just a tremendous experience. So did you have any extra nerves and excitement with the Open? Definitely excitement. It's just, it's a different field up there. Like the vibes are different. You step on there and it's like, you feel like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's going time you, you play in a U.S. Women's Open. Yeah. Um, they just treat you different too, right? You feel very VIP. Um, they treat you well with like a courtesy car. Um, basically, we get to live the life of a PGA Tour player for a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing I was impressed about was I read that in your practice round, you chose to practice with some of the elite athletes on the tour. So what was behind that decision? Yeah. So the way they do the, the booking for the tee times for practice rounds, um, it's all online. So you can kind of see where other players have booked. Mm -hmm. and then. I kind of just saw like, oh, look, uh, Sun Young Park and all these like major winners are teeing off this time and there's an open spot. I'm like, why not just plug myself in and have that opportunity to play against them and um, see what they do in preparation? Um, I can only benefit, right? So it was such a cool experience actually playing with them. And um, NHG won the US Open and a few other LPGA events. And I've known her in the past playing on the LPGA tour. So it was really comfortable playing with her again in that group and just being able to ask her yeah. questions, like what is she writing in her yardage book yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I played with, who else did I play with? Um, Celine Boutier, she won on the LPGA tour and then young stars like yelling me no, um, she's up and coming. So yeah, it's just a cool experience for me. Very cool. Very cool. And I admire that approach too. Let me, let me get out there with the best. I love that. So, so then what's next? What's next? What are the events you got coming up? What can we look forward to seeing you out on the course? Yeah. So just continuing the Symmetra tour, playing it out to the end of the season and then see where things go from there. Well, I've got to ask about the tour. Golf is taking you all around the world. So we already talked about Dubai. Which are the other locations that you've been to as a competitor that you still think about for whatever reason you're still thinking about certain locations i mean australia because that was where i played my first event once i got my tour card um so the australian open was my very first lpga rookie event um and then i've been there a few times after that to play in the australian open and then just being in europe i guess like um, my top finish on the lpga tour was at the evian mm. and so that's pretty memorable for me to go all the way out there and have my top finish um but yeah the game has really taken me all over the place and even just this year i was just i was talking to my caddy earlier this week saying like how amazing it is that 
even during COVID, when everyone's kind of trapped, that I've been able to kind of still make it across the country, all over the place. I was in Dubai earlier this year, like we talked about. And then on the tour, just like I drove my car from Canada all the way to Texas. Then I was in Arizona and then California for weeks and then made my way across the country to like North Carolina, Orlando, like just all over the place. And that's kind of crazy to think about at this time of like where COVID's happening. I had Julie Ami on and recently and she was talking about it's incredibly difficult to stay healthy when you're driving around going cross country. It's fun. But a lot of times you're stuck with gas station or fast food. So how how do you stay healthy during just a season? Oh, I don't know if I am actually like, <laughs> I, I've been complaining a lot, actually, just being on the road, eating fast food that yeah. my body does not feel like top shape. Yeah. Um, and so I, that is something I struggle with a little bit because last week we we're up in Harris, Michigan, mm-hmm. and I typed in on Yelp healthy, healthy food. And the result said, no searches found near you. So um, it is, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. And when you're stuck driving hours, um, just sitting there, it's really hard. So um, I did my best to kind of go grocery shopping, buy fresh vegetables and kind of do more cooking that week. Um, but yeah, it can get hard when you're flying and your only option is airport food and stuff like that. But. Yeah. Well, I'm going on a, a long drive tomorrow. So I got to ask for you, what's your tactic? What are you listening to? What are you doing to stay calm during these long drives? Oh, so uh, I, I love po- podcasts. Okay. So there's one called Serial that kind of ah. keeps you awake. Season one um, of Serial is fantastic. Yeah. That was really good, huh? Um, sometimes it's a little creepy when you're driving by yourself at night. So I don't really recommend it because I've done it and it's kind of freaky. And like every single time a car passes me, I get like a little jumpy. <laughs> um, but music and then um, I do podcasts trying to learn Korean because that's my parents' native language and I'm not very good at it growing up in Canada. So um, I take the opportunity with long drives to kind of um, work on my Korean ability <laughs> here yeah. and there. Who are the music artists that get you through the drives? Uh, I like country on long drives here and there. Dan and Shay, um, Justin Bieber is always kind of, you know, perky, you know, it works. And I don't know. I like a mixture of everything. What makes you proud to represent Canada? What makes you the most proud to be from Canada? I think just having not a lot of um, young girls come out of there playing on the LPA tour. There is Brooke, um, but I know that Golf Canada is working hard in building that. Uh, building that up Uh, so I hope that I can inspire that's like the whole thing inspire young girls to take it up take up a sport try to work hard and and see their dreams come true because I feel very blessed that my dad gave me the opportunity to play Um, yes it was a lot of hard work but the reward from it is pretty grand and getting to see the world and all that stuff definitely makes the hard work worth it and so if I can kind of um, teach other girls in any way to kind of chase their dreams, I think that's pretty special. Wonderful. How can people stay up to date and follow along on your journey? Um, I guess I'm pretty social on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really use the other ones like Facebook and Twitter that much, but here and there. So I would say out of all the social media, Instagram. It's sure. really great. Love your personality. I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I'll be supporting you out here in Arizona. Thank you. Same to you. What you're doing is great.
Perfect. Great. Well, I hope we chat again, but thank you for today and best of luck on the season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice chatting. <laughs> See ya. This is a once in a lifetime. How can people stay up to date and follow along on your journey? Um, I guess I'm pretty social on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really use the other ones like Facebook and Twitter that much, but here and there. So I would say out of all the social media, Instagram. So sure. It's really great. Love your personality. I think it's awesome what you're doing and I'll be supporting you out here in Arizona. Thank you. Same to you. What you're doing is great. Perfect. Great. Well, I hope we chat again, but thank you for today and best of luck on the season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice chatting. <laughs> See ya. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Rebecca. Do me a favor and follow her on Instagram, R. Lee Bentham. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.